the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studios. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people. We help people build wealth. We help you do work that you love, and we help you create actual, amazing relationships. Thank you for being with us, America. We're here to help. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Jade Warshaw, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today, and we're here to talk with you about you right in front of you. Tony's going to start off this hour in Minneapolis. Hey, Tony, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, Dave. Honored to talk to you. Jade, great addition to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for taking my call. Great. Uh, um, my mother talked to me this weekend about redoing her will, and she asked me if she thought it was a good idea to have the lawyer be the executor of the will. And the reason she's asking is we don't really trust my sister. She uh, sued my stepmother's estate and won that case because we were excluded from the her will. So I don't know what to do. I don't want to deal with the legal ramifications once my mom passes if my sister chooses to do that. Wow. I'm sorry. What a painful mess. No, nothing brings out family dysfunction like a good death. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so in a normal world where you don't have a litigious, crazy sister, you would um, – you, you would say, okay, executor, the word, if you look at it carefully, simply means to execute. Execute your mother's wishes, her last, her will, what she wills to happen, what her, and she writes it down called a testament, her last will and testament. So you're going to execute her wishes. Uh, but if you got somebody that's going to screw around with that and fight all the time, uh, not a bad idea to have a lawyer in the mix just to keep her at bay. It might, it might intimidate her into behaving. Okay. I didn't, I and you wouldn't know. have to mess with her. Exactly. That's the plus side of it. I haven't talked to her in two years since she started the lawsuit. Yeah. yeah. What's the, lawsuit. uh, what's the size of the estate? I don't know. I asked her to do what you recommend is to have a reading of the will. And my mom said she, that would pretty much end the relationship between her and my sister. So, because she wants to break it up by percentages, like, if you had to guess how much process. you don't know the size, I mean, is it 10 million, 1 million, 100,000? I'm guessing, I'm guessing maybe 500 to a million. Okay. Uh, my guess is the attorney's probably going to charge her 20 grand. Okay. Uh, give or take. I mean, he might charge less or she might charge more, might charge less, but, um, wouldn't be that unusual. Uh, that's a, and then an hourly rate, if it goes beyond that, because we end up in court or something. Right. So, um, but a flat fee to be an executor on an estate that size, you know, somewhere in there, I could be off, but just ask and find out about that. Uh, but here's the thing. I think we, what you're describing me is you got a real high percentage. You got to deal with crazy sister, right? Yep. So why? I don't want that. No, thanks. Mom, get a lawyer. Okay. Good. And that part sounded great. I just didn't know if we could even trust the lawyer part. Well, you can't, you can't, you can't trust any, I mean, lawyers are people. Some of them are better than others at their job. And so your mom's job is to get in there and learn, uh, what the attorney, that the attorney has put everything down, right. And talk to the attorney about it and go, okay, this, 
you know, crazy's going to come at us when I die, come at you. So you need to have this thing button up, buddy. Now what's button up mean? What extra layers do we need to put in this thing to totally insulate it? Now, here's the thing in America, anyone can sue anyone for anything, even if they completely make it up. Okay. Mm -hmm. We have this idea that somehow you have to tell the truth or something in a lawsuit. Uh, you don't, there's a thing called a pleading, which is when they file the lawsuit and they put down their version of the story. And, uh, when you're dealing with crazy people, their version of the story is mostly lies and it becomes public record. So she could say, you know, you did all these horrible things in her pleading and file that lawsuit, regardless of what this will says, a will doesn't keep her from filing. It just keeps her from wanting to file. Cause it's so airtight. But I mean, yeah. you, you, you may get drugged through the mud anyway. There's nothing. And, and honestly, yeah. there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, she's the executor of an, on her current will, but she wants to update it. And that's where your sister is the executor speech. in her current will. And, she, and she's not in good relationship with her. Yeah. She does need to change that yesterday. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I know. I mean, she's not a very good person, but. She's very intimidating, too. So, How quickly do you think she's going to actually make this change? I'm hoping by summer. Mm. Okay. How old's your mom? 76. Mm. Uh, end of March, dude. Okay. Get it done by the end of March. Because you're going to end up tangled up in stuff for a decade, mm-hmm. screwing around with intimidating crazy sister. Now okay. I like her even less. She's a bull. She's a bully. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. um, it's, there's no amount of money here that's worth putting up with somebody like that. So yeah, your mom yeah. needs to have, yes, 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 yes. I normally don't tell people to have a lawyer be the executor, but in this case, it might be a deterrent because the attorney is not as easily, he, he's not, or she's not affected at all by the emotions of your sister where you are. That's right. And I feel like if he's the executor, even though it's the mom, you know, the mom created the will, if he's the executor, sister's going to take it out on him regardless, just because he's in that position. Whereas with the lawyer, it's a little bit more of a, I don't know, he's like Switzerland in that situation. Yeah. You yeah. know, so maybe it can preserve some of, I mean, they're dysfunctional, but maybe there's something that can be preserved there by having the lawyer do it. It'd be nice, but. Doesn't sound like it. All right, Kelsey's uh, ship sailed. Kelsey's in Lynchburg, Virginia. Hi, Kelsey. How are you? Oh, Dave, I'm better than I deserve. How are you? Better than I deserve. What's up? So I'm 26, currently engaged. We are cash flowing our wedding and in baby step two. Um, I have been at my job as a social worker for a year, making $40,000, and I recently graduated with my master's degree. Uh, I've since done some things outside of my job description at work, and I feel like I've added value um, with the knowledge that I've gained from my degree. How should I go about asking my boss for a pay increase? Well, you know, if I were asking for an increase, I would start with not just saying, hey, I've got these credentials. Here's what I deserve. I would probably go in asking and, and checking myself first and going, okay, I may have upgraded my career but have i actually added value so it starts with having a conversation with your leader about what value you can add what that looks like and talking about what a long-term plan can look like as opposed to kind of marching in there and saying i deserve yeah that's exactly right switch shoes 
and say, if you were sitting in your boss's seat, how would you want to hear this conversation coming from that person? And it generally is a lot of humility, and it's like, gosh, I finished my degree. I'm so excited about that. I'm doing all these other things here. I want to keep adding value. What could I do here that would cause you to give me a raise? How can I help? How and can I help? That, that kind of an approach. Uh, very few people are angry about that. This is The Ramsey Show. Did you know, statistically, when it comes to life insurance and protecting your family, that women are more likely to be uninsured or underinsured than men? This doesn't make any sense. Women make up half the workforce, contribute mightily to family incomes, and in many cases are the breadwinners and take care of their families 24 hours a day. This is one of the most overlooked areas when it comes to financial planning. Maybe it's a relic of the past, but a loss of income or the need to replace family care is equally important for women as it is for men. Single moms, working moms, and stay-at-home moms all need term life insurance. Rates are actually lower for women, which is why I send you to Xander Insurance. They shop the top term life companies to find the lowest rates available. You can compare rates online at Xander.com or call 800-356-4282. This is something every family has to deal with. That's Xander.com or 800-356-4282. Jade Warshaw, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Our question of the day comes from Ryan in Arkansas. Jade, you want to take it? I'll take it. He says, I'm 45 years old. I'm married with two children under 12 and completely debt-free. I took a new job a year and a half ago making 100K a year, and my wife is a stay-at-home mom. The nature of my job requires me to be on call and close to work, leaving me little choice but to pay a premium rent of 2000 per month. We are currently watching the housing market and still learning the area and are socking money away to buy a home. I have 45000 in the bank doing nothing for me, but I've been hesitant to invest as we would like to have the money available should a home come up that we can buy. I've been told that cash and savings in a savings account is like melting ice. What do I do with it? Hmm. Well, in this situation, you know, when it comes to saving uh, for a house, it's a little bit different than just, you know, any other money that you're putting aside. You know, typically we wouldn't invest uh, the money that you're saving for a house unless, you know, the timeline is you know, five years or more. Although Dave, I've heard you say that a lot of times you'll just pop some money in an index fund and let it sit there and grow if you, you know, know what you might use it for. I particularly don't have the stomach for that. I'd probably put it in an HYSA and just get the best return on it that I possibly could uh, for the time being, because it sounds like you're kind of in that moment where if the right thing comes open, you're ready to jump on it. So yeah, I would keep it out of the market and I would put it in a high yield savings account, maybe put it, you know, I've heard Dave say that he'll put it in a CD, that sort of thing. Yeah. High yield savings account, like you said, it's perfect. Um, it's not melting ice when you are getting ready to use the money. 
and you're getting ready to use this money. And so if you were going to leave it in a stupid savings account for 10 years, then yeah, it is melting ice. Yeah. But that's not your description. You're in the housing market. You're ready to buy and get rid of this premium rent and everything else. So yeah, you definitely go that route. It's You're not doing the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Now, Jade, I did have a young guy come in. Uh, all the work I've done over the years with different NFL and, and other professional athletes, um, they just happen to be listening to the show and say, hey, would you look at my stuff? Yeah, I look at your stuff. So mm-hmm. it's always interesting stories. And, of course, we've run into all the negative stories where they've uh, burned through all the money. You know, I made $100 million. I got nothing to show Ugh. for it or whatever, that kind of stuff. I've met those guys, and there's always a lot of shame and stuff on those guys. But in the in the, in the the light of what Ryan is saying <laughs> – this guy comes in, he's young. I mean, he's like 20. Oh, wow. Know, 28 years old, maybe 26 mm-hmm. years old. He'd been, in the, he'd been in the league a few years, but not, you know, he, he wasn't an old guy in the league by any stretch. And his sweet little wife, and uh, they, they drive in in a used van. Wow. And they come in and they go, like, Dave, you're going to kill us. We've messed up. And I'm thinking they're going to tell me they've blown all their money. And he goes, I, I, you're, you're just going to be so mad at me. And I'm like, I, Number one, I'm not going to be mad at you, regardless how <laughs> dumb you are. But what did you do? I mean, did you do something dumb? He goes, yeah, we've got all our money in savings account. And I said, uh, how much money do you have in savings account? Uh, $36 million. Oh, whoa. And I'm like, no, I am not going to yell at you. I'm going to hug you because you did everything right but one tiny thing you yeah. actually you're a pro athlete who has money you know what this is a unicorn oh, i yeah. mean you're incredible way to go you're amazing i'm so proud of you you actually lived on less than you make you're driving a used car wow. you're not trying to impress your posse you know you're you're out you didn't buy your mother a house you couldn't afford to buy yeah. her. all the stupid butt stuff i usually run into you have 36 million dollars and the only thing you did wrong was you didn't invest it no you you get a hug you I don't know. get a yelling you know so well, but yeah in his case he is melting ice for yeah, sure he does yeah. need to get that money invested so he was wrong but not on the <laughs> y- get yelled at wrong side though the smart side way yeah. to go man i mean wow. absolute stud Absolutely. So proud of him. All right. Keisha is with us in Atlanta, Georgia. Hi, Keisha. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi. How are you doing? Better than we deserve. What's up in your world? Hi. I was calling because I was looking for some advice. I am a retired veteran collecting disability, so I have the arrogance that I have money till till I die. So I I do save money. However, I don't have any IRAs because of what I just mentioned. What is the best way for me to try to put money to save money where I'm benefiting and not losing like the previous caller, the caller today, I have money sitting, not gaining a lot of interest. How much money do you have in savings? Now I have 50,000. 50, mm-hmm. Good for you. How old are you? I just turned 50 last year. Okay. Are you working? No, unfortunately, the job market... My transition from the military was extremely difficult, so I'm not working. Okay. So you're getting a substantial disability, you're saying, from the government, right? Yes, and my retirement. Mm-hmm. I mean, I live within my means. So sure. my I wasn't questioning only, that. Only, um, no, I'm just saying the so only are, are, are you, I have is you, um, is there? What's the nature of your disability? How extreme? Mental. Mm-hmm. How extreme? Mental health. Yes. 
So it keeps you from working in a traditional work environment. Is it something that would keep you from working in a non-traditional work environment, maybe working, doing some work from home? I can, it, it keeps me from working from a traditional and I could work from home. Yes. Okay. So like uh, PTSD type symptoms, is that what we're dealing with? Yes. Okay. That's great. Hey, thank you for your service, Keisha. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Thank you. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're I'm, I'm sorry you ended up struggling with this as a result of serving your country. Um, so, and I'm glad that we have good retirement and good disability in place to take care of you. That's a good thing. We, the people, should do that. And so this is a good story because you're a good lady. Now, if Thank I you. woke up in your shoes, what would I do? Well, I've never struggled with PTSD. I've never been in a traumatic situation like that that would affect me ongoing. So I can't really get into your shoes honestly, but uh, in general, were I to face some kind of a disability, I would find something I could do in spite of or with as a workaround that disability. So in your case, as uh, Jade was saying, a non-traditional thing, maybe some kind of almost self-employed thing where you control the hours, you control the stress level, you control the volume of work that you do. I would want to put my hand to something because I think it's good for our. Uh, it, it's good for us. There's dignity in work. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I'm is. not saying you're lazy. That you did not hear me say that. But I am no, saying, if I were you, I, is what? Yeah. How do you? Is, it's got to be designed that, just for money? Keisha. Yeah. Whatever it is, it's got to be designed just for you. And that's why it might be a self-employed thing. It might be that, you you know, you go take some uh, coding classes and learn to code and you simply do contract work from home and you code, do coding where you don't have to deal with humans much. And you just, I don't know what it is. I'm making stuff up right now. But all of that to say, I'd, I'd probably add something to that. Now, having said that you can live on your retirement and your disability, you don't need the 50000 We would label part of the 50000 your emergency fund and we would begin to invest the rest. One of the good things about creating an income is in order to do Roth IRAs, you have to have an earned income. Retirement and disability are not earned income by the IRS's definition for purposes of a Roth IRA. So if we can get you making mm-hmm. a little bit of money, then you could do a Roth with some of this money. And that's what I would start talking about. Investment in a Roth. Yeah, but you, again, you'd have to create some income that's not retirement okay. or disability. Doesn't have to be much. So in the mean, so in the meanwhile, I save seventy. I have seventy five percent of my income available that I could be saving. Yeah. What's the best thing to do with that money? I would get in touch with one of our smart investor pros and simply start doing some investing in mutual funds. It's just not going to be in a retirement account. And what you're looking for, are what's called low turnover. Write that down and ask the smart investor pro about it. Click smart investor pro at RamseySolutions.com. And you want to ask them about a low turnover mutual fund. That's a low taxed environment type mutual fund when you're not inside of a retirement account that's good to look at.
Jade Warshaw, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today in the lobby of Ramsey Solutions on the debt-free stage. Isaac and Brenna are with us. Hey, guys. Welcome. Thank you. Hey, Dave. Where do you guys live? Fairmont, Minnesota. Fairmont, Minnesota. Now, where is what's that near? Anything I would know? Uh, Rochester, Mankato. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Well, welcome to Nashville. Bit of a haul down here. Yeah. Sir. Good to have you. And here to do a debt-free scream. How much did you pay off? $114,000. Wow. Oh. How long did that take? Uh, just under a year. Good for you. And your range of income during that time? Um, well, our income was 150000 for the year. Okay, cool. Very what do you all do for a living? I am a small business owner. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of ma- business have you got? Masonry construction. Oh, cool. good. Great. Yes, and in the cold. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Wow. Yeah. What about you, Brenna? I was working as a project manager and a copywriter for a medical device manufacturing company at the time. Okay. And now you are? Now I'm a stay-at-home mom. Ah, All right. ding, ding. Good <laughs> goals. Okay. What kind of debt was the 114000 Well, I had some remaining student loans. And uh, I had a car loan as well as uh, the loan I took out to become a business owner. Okay. So you were fairly normal. Yes. (laughs) Fairly normal. And uh, something happened a year ago. What got you on this Ramsey stuff? Uh, Well, the the little girl for me that uh, we have right out here, um, I just couldn't imagine having $114,000 in debt. Uh, when we knew our goal was for her to be a stay-at-home mom. Uh-huh. And yeah. so... Uh, it was a roadblock. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. couldn't handle that stress. Yeah. So... Yep. For context, the monthly payment on our loans was more than three times our current mortgage. So wow. it was mm-hmm. a lot. And we knew we couldn't have, live on just one income with paying that off. Yeah. So. so how long have you been married? Uh, we got married the fall of 2020, so... Oh, yeah. Why not? Why not? I mean, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pandemic wedding. Oh, yes. Okay. And uh, good for you. All right. So how did you get connected to this Ramsey stuff? Well, um, <laughs> I actually was listening to you when I was probably 23. Um, just a casual listener. So it was like, uh, Dave Ramsey, he's, he's all right. You know, but I wasn't following any of your programs at that time. So, uh I liked finances and I liked, you know, being wise with my money, but debt was okay for me mm-hmm. at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got married and he would come home from work every day and tell me all these crazy stories that he heard on the Ramsey show. And so I started listening to the podcast and um, just for entertainment at first, but then it caught on. And actually, when we first got married, we were seeing a financial advisor who's Mm -hmm. not affiliated with you, but he told us to take the majority of our savings and to pay off our car loan Mm -hmm. and the remainder of my student loans. And he told us, just do it. He said, you won't regret it in 20 years from now. You'll thank me. And so we did that initially. And then later that year of our marriage, we bought a dog, bought a house, and kind of got a little off track, and we still had the business loan. Mm -hmm. Um, And then... Shortly after we bought our house, we were planning a bunch of renovations, um, not following the Dave Ramsey plan at all. And um, a few months after we bought the house, we were out, had just gone on a shopping spree and spent about $300, and we were out to eat at a nice steakhouse. And I looked at Isaac, and I told him that I was sick of spending money and that I felt out of control with our finances. And um, I told him that I keep on listening to the debt-free screams on your show, and I just have this nagging feeling that if we can do this, if we can pay off our debt, why wouldn't we? 
and he agreed and so right there in that restaurant we <laughs> went through our finances and decided how long it would take us and decided that we were going to do it mm-hmm. and that was the last time we ate out at a restaurant for ah, a year <laughs> i love it yep. i love it mm-hmm. ate out no more shopping sprees or we we paused renovations on our home and um didn't go on any trips or anything and just went hardcore at it so mm-hmm. i love it so way it, to go you guys it took you a year to do this um for the people listening what was the key to getting through like what was what was the one thing that you would recommend to anybody listening um i i think it we just had a vision you know a vision for what we wanted our lives to look like in five ten twenty forty years and um looking at your plan we just knew that was the way Mm -hmm. um and i think there's a lot of moments in life where you realize uh when you're what way you need to take Mm -hmm. you know i've had those moments and uh, this is just one of those turning points yeah, that steak dinner was valuable. <laughs> yes, it was. At least what happened at the steak dinner was valuable. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it was. So, yeah. You guys to, are impressive. Yeah, way to go, you guys. I'm proud yeah. of you. Good work. Who was cheering you on outside the two of you? Well, my parents, both of our parents, mm-hmm. were definitely big cheerleaders in our journey. And um, Yeah, and yeah. I'd say for me, um, cheerleader was, we had a little girl and, well, my wife was on pregnant. And so, I, you know, I look at her and I'm like, oh. Like this is the reason, yeah. You know. This is my why. <laughs> yeah, this is my why. If you got a big enough why, you can do anything, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Good yeah. for you guys. Well so done. Good. And your little girl's name is Beverly. Beverly. All right. Are we going to bring her into the debt-free scream? Yeah. All right. Bring her over. How old is she? She is ten months old. All right. Oh, yeah. That's perfect. Oh, how cute. That's she fun. Is. Hey, we've got the Live and Give bundle for you. That includes uh, the Total Money Makeover book and the Baby Steps Millionaire book. Both of those are number one bestsellers. You can read them or give them away or both. And a membership to Financial Peace University. If you haven't been through it, go through it. If you have, then give it to somebody. This is the Live and Give bundle. It's all for you guys. Thanks for making the trip all the way down here. Congratulations. We're very proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. How's it feel to be free? Feels Feels wonderful. Never go back in debt? (laughs) Never. Not for anything. Not for no. anything. <laughs> How much do you have left on your house? Oh. Hundred and twenty nine thousand. No, you're not oh, far on that. You'll get there. That. You'll get there pretty quick, making a yeah. hundred and a half with no payments. Four yeah. years, it's it's done. Four years is the plan. That's yeah. about Ooh, right. I like it. it. And you guys are how old? I am thirty one. I'm twenty six. Wow. All right, look at you, man. You guys are amazing. Congratulations. It's exciting, guys. Isaac and Brenna and Beverly. A hundred and fourteen thousand paid off in one year, making one fifty. Everything changes when you get a big enough why. Count it down. Let's hear a debt free scream. Three, Three two, two, one. We're debt free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That is how it's done, ladies and gentlemen. That's how it's done. Oh, man. Good job, you guys. Hey, uh, a lot of the debt-free screamers, you hear me giving them Financial Peace University to give away. A lot of them have already been through it. Not unusual at all. And lots of you started the year fired up to make changes with your money. But now that some time has gone by, it's cold outside, the fire starts to go out. Change is hard. Transformation is hard. And when you're dealing with money, you're dealing with a person in the mirror, which is really, really hard. And that's why you got to have people walking with you. And that's why Financial Peace University has been a game changer for, gosh, almost 10 million people now. 
In a Financial Peace University class, you're going to learn our proven plan to get out of debt and build wealth, and you'll do it with other people going after the same goals you are. You do not have to figure this out alone. There's hundreds of FPU classes going on all across the country, online and in person. Get in a class right now. It's nine lessons, nine weeks. You'll be through the thing. You're going to be reset and recalibrated and ready to go. So join right now. To find an FPU class, go to RamseySolutions.com slash class. All one word, no spaces. RamseySolutions.com slash FPU class. FPU class. And Jade, you're teaching one. I am. I have an FPU that is starting March 1st. And you can sign up by going uh, to the FPU page, or I'm sure that uh, James will go ahead and put that QR on the code, QR code on the screen if you're watching the YouTube show, and you can sign up there. Man, we're trying to pack it out, Dave. I want to teach these people what helped Sam and I change our lives over five years ago. So, yeah, almost a half a million dollars that she and Sam paid off. Half a so million. So she knows what she's doing, and. Uh, uh, that also means that uh, she's not going to take your little whiny excuses. <laughs> I'm sure not. She's going to love you enough to pop you upside the head and get you going. Uh, maybe yeah, maybe yeah. not quite that hard. <laughs> that would be me. Not, not the ladies. That's it. That's Just it. the guys. There you go. <laughs> Check it out. This is The Ramsey Show. Thank you for joining us, America. Jade Warshaw, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Alex is with us in Fort Worth, Texas. Hi, Alex. How are you? Doing all right, Dave. How are you guys doing? Better than we deserve. How can we help? Well, Dave, I got a little love note from my mortgage company uh, with our annual escrow uh, account disclosure. Um, Apparently, we had a shortage on our escrow account, usually it's a couple hundred bucks a year. Like it's usually fairly close to the actual and projected amounts. But this year it's like a difference of over $4,000. And why um, did your taxes or your insurance go up? Uh, insurance taxes. It was short by like 150 bucks, which I, I totally get. But, um, the insurance, though, just absolutely floored us, and they're saying our mortgage is going to go up about six hundred bucks. And your, we, we your homeowner's insurance went up four thousand dollars in one year. Yeah, and that's that's what we're really lost on because I I called my neighbor who has the exact same floor plan as us, different insurance provider. Well, um, did you shop the homeowner's insurance and change it? Yeah, that's what we're that's what we're definitely doing right now. I'm, I'm talking to like four different companies right now, but uh, it's clear that we're not going to keep this company. Uh, but at the same time, we're trying to figure out what do we do in the meantime. It's like we could we could dip into the emergency fund and pay off that shortage just to kind of get rid of it. No, it's not a shortage but, if you change the policy. Okay. 
Have they already paid uh, the premium, the $4,000 extra premium? Um, I think they've paid part of it. I think they're wanting us to make up the rest. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. But, um, to okay. be honest, when it comes to escrow, escrow is one of those things that I okay, usually so lost on. It typically is in arrears. And so mm-hmm. what that means is in reverse. And so they're billing you now for what they've already paid because when you for they're billing you now for last year, because when you right. set up, when you got the loan, you set up an escrow account as part of your closing costs and you paid out that you, you went ahead and paid out. So it may be what I would want to do is I want to get on the phone with them and get through exactly what has been paid because I'm going to cancel this policy and get a reasonably priced policy. And then that's going to change your escrow back to close and you'll right. just change it. And then they just need to do an audit and set it up. They, they only, they don't need to withhold, you know, four or five, $600 a month. If they only need a hundred dollars a month, in which case you would permanently change your payment by enough to cover your taxes and insurance, but you need to get the right payment on the books, the right health insurance plan or life. I'm sorry, homeowners insurance plan on the books first and then you've got to pay for whatever you paid. But if you cancel that homeowner's insurance in the middle of the year, you're only going to have paid for it for half of the year, not for the whole year. So mm-hmm. what I'm saying is I want to get into it now and cancel it as soon as possible so that I don't – and if they haven't already paid for it for a whole year at $4,000 increase, then you're only going to have like a $1,000 increase because you're canceling it. Right. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, because we – we were just looking at them and we're like, there's, there's no way we're going to stay, uh, no. with them. just, uh, yeah, it's, no. yeah, they're, they're, uh, so get, what you need to ride. do is go to RamseySolutions.com and click on, uh, insurance for PNC it's property and casualty and get with one of our insurance, uh, ELPs, they're independent insurance brokers. And that means they'll shop around among several different companies and get you in your particular situation, the best deal. And usually you bundle it with your cars too, and you can re- and the typical person shopping against some of these other companies, uh, they'll save eight hundred bucks. In your case, you may save four thousand dollars. That would be great. <laughs> yeah, and then so what you're going to do, and then you're going to take that new policy, and then get with the mortgage company and find out how much of the old policy has actually been paid or earned. And uh, you've got to pay the portion that's actually been used. So if that policy with that $4,000 increase has been on the books for three months, then it's only going to be, you know, one-fourth of $4,000 increase. You follow me? Right. And so, if, but if it's been on the books a whole year, then you bid it for a year. But I don't, I don't think it has. I think you're catching it because they come after you pretty quick with an escrow increase if they're on their game. And it sounds like they are. So, yeah, get the policy changed, get it shopped, get with them request an audit and then write one check and do a true up and then set your new based on your current new homeowners insurance and taxes 150 more on the taxes more on the homeowners but not 4000 more now what should my payment be reset the payment to be the accurate amount it is going to go up but it's not going to go up as much as it they, they came at you with cuz they were assuming you're stupid enough to keep that old policy escrow <laughs> escrow uh, accounts almost all have errors in them 
mm-hmm. ongoing. You constantly have to stay on top of it. They almost all have errors, and when they discover an error that they're behind on, they always almost double dip and hit you. So he needed – sound like they needed about a $400 raise, and they were giving him a $600 mm-hmm. raise in his payment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't like dealing with escrow. Well, it's just – it's it's you're dealing with bureaucrats on the other end of the phone. That's yeah. the other problem, too. Tom's in Salt Lake City. Hey, Tom, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Dave? Better than we deserve. What's up? So, uh, long story short, uh, my wife and I have uh, we're debt free, our house and everything uh, since two thousand since twenty one. Way to go! And uh, we're, thank you. Uh, yeah, it was a big help to your system. It worked out great. Uh, we so we're currently now uh, investing heavily to get our our um, retirement caught up. Uh, we're also saving for what we would like to do for our our um, our forever home. Uh, so we want to buy a lot that we like and then build the house that we, you know, that we designed to put on that. Uh, our question is, so we, we, there, a lot came up that, um, we looked at, we were really, really loving it. It looked like it could have been perfect. Um, but we let it go because financially we're not, we don't have the savings to just cash, cash roll and stay out of that. Good. Um, so, so we, we, we held off, we let it go. Um, and we felt, good about it but at the same time we felt maybe maybe we missed out and we wanted to get your opinion so all that is horrible and i agree with completely if at all possible ever uh mortgages are i feel like can be a gray area of debt and so in with what would you recommend should we just keep on the track and just if it takes us five years or ten years to save up to get this lot that we want and just keep passing on lots as they come along and stop, stop looking. Or would you, if a perfect lot came along, should we take what we've saved, put that as a down payment, get a new mortgage and keep the house as a rental? That, that'd be the eventual, uh, what we'd really like to do the best is keep the house we have now paid off as a rental and then move up to our new home and have a mortgage on your home. Right. Well, no, the, the idea would be to save up before we move and ha- not have any mortgage ever again. Oh, and then in your old house is a paid for rental and your new house is paid for. Right. But so why couldn't would, you save up the lot price then if you can save up the whole thing? That's what, so where we, where we want, where we would like to eventually live is like I said, it's going to be our forever home. So it's, it's probably going to be, no, it's the lot's going to be, there's no such thing. <laughs> okay. <fair laughs> enough. The, where we would like to be right now, mm-hmm. the lot I got you. Is, it's, it's the um, nice move up house. I'll go with that. And you're going to pay right. cash for it. So why can't you pay cash for the lot? Well, we don't have it yet. It's, I know. It's still four, four or five years out. I know. And you can't pay cash for the house either. No, no need to buy the lot until we're ready to pay cash for the lot. If you oh. can't even pay cash for the lot, you're nowhere near paying right. cash for the house. So what's the well, hurry? Our, our, plan, our plan was to pay for the lot and then start yeah. with, because we would like to have some really nice uh landscaping trees and, and whatnot. That's one thing we miss with the, where we're at now. We have almost no, no trees. So our thought was find a place we like, buy a, buy a lot. It's not like in the subdivision. We're kind of looking up in, in the hills and the mountainsides. Uh, buy the lot. Dude, you're missing start. the point. You told me you were going to pay cash for this house that you're moving into. If you're going to pay cash for the house that you're moving into, you got to at least have the money to pay cash for the lot first. So I don't see really what the trip is, except you've got house fever and lot fever because you're out there riding around every weekend looking at stuff. Chill till you got the money. That's what I would do. This is The Ramsey Show.
What's up, guys? It's Jade. If you love the show and want a deeper dive on your money journey, we have a weekly newsletter that gives you trending and helpful articles and tips on following the Ramsey way. Just go to RamseySolutions.com today to sign up for our newsletter. Again, that's RamseySolutions.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter.